On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into what lessons the Oklahoma City Thunder can learn from the Denver Nuggets after they win the NBA Finals, plus Keontae George's NBA Draft profile and projection all coming up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into another NBA draft profiling projection this time breaking down the game of Keontae George, the Baylor product who might be one of the best microwave scores in this draft, plus what lessons we've learned on the Denver Nuggets race to a championship and one of the more impressive postseason runs that we've seen. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball gets your Thunder fix every day by subscribing to Lockdown Thunder free and available wherever get podcasts from including on youtube so check it out over there as well you everydayers know that you can expect some more draft profiles this week uh, and today we're talking about this denver nuggets title win talked yesterday with brenner bar of daily thunder a good conversation there about the draft as well as the offseason at large but i want to start by talking about the denver nuggets they win the nba finals and i think that you can learn a lot from the postseason. And specifically for teams who aren't in the postseason, you can learn a lot of how to get there, what the pathways were there. Uh, and I think that there are two courses of action where sometimes you might overcorrect on certain issues or might overexpand. Remember, it felt like the Warriors were just destined to reign again after they won the NBA Finals last year. Fast forward to now, and we saw one of the more interesting seasons unfold. They couldn't win a road game and, and all the drama and everything else, and they don't win the Finals, obviously. Uh, but then you can also uh, you know, just take some actual valuable lessons. And I think that Denver, specifically for teams that cannot be built through free agency, is the best case study for how to win a championship. Because the main thing from Denver is patience. And they kept the main thing, the main thing. It's so easy to get caught up, to want the quick fix, to to want the instant gratification. But you're going to have a ton of things unfold in your path to the finals, in your path to an eventual championship. Denver gets their first one ever, and that's a feeling that you want for your community, your team, your organization. And I think that patience would just be the umbrella catch-all term for what you can expect as the Thunder and other teams try to emulate winning a championship. That's what this is all about. And so when you watch Denver, Jokic has played in 68 playoff games. He now has a championship ring. He didn't have one when he was the back-to-back MVP winner. It took him 68 playoff games. For context, as we get all on this sugar high of a 41 season that came out of the blue, Shea 
has played in 13 playoff games. Lou Dort has played in seven. Isaiah Joe has participated in 11, to whatever extent you want to count Isaiah Joe's Sixers run in. The rest of this roster has played in zero playoff games, and if you want to be generous, you can count the two play-ins this year, but still, it's just two. And along the way, things are going to happen, so you can't expect it to be a a quick fix-all thing. There's not that many teams that have had this this quick rise to a championship level, you know, team and core. Look at Denver. They dealt with the Jamal Murray injury. They dealt with MPJ and, and, and MPJ is a fascinating case because he missed his entire rookie season with a back injury. Does that sound familiar? Well, missing an entire rookie year with an injury. And then later on in his career, the 21, 22 season, he only played in nine games, but yet still they were patient. They made it through and they, he was a, a cog to them getting to the finals, obviously at a forgettable finals, but still was a part of them getting there and, and getting to this, to this point, this stage. So patience with the, the amount of play, playoff games you need has been something that I've discussed for the last month of like Boston, you know, hundreds of playoff games with, with smart Tatum and Brown. They've only gotten to the finals one time and they were playing in Boston. Denver, Jokic, as, as transcendent of a talent as he is, and the fact that he makes everybody better uh, is, is no longer undervalued as it once was. Uh, we are now starting to realize just how good he is as a collective NBA community uh, because you're watching the Nuggets more. Jokic, 68 playoff games before he wins an NBA Finals, before, before he gets to an NBA Finals this, this season. Things are going to happen where you're going to have injuries pop up. Uh, you're going to have injuries you know, pop up all throughout your, your, your time as an NBA team and your seasons and your weeks and everything else. Most importantly, mistakes are going to be made. You don't have to be flawless. You don't have to be perfect in everything that you do. The, the Nuggets experiment have failed with who they pair with Jokic down low. They traded away Rudy Gobert. They traded away Donovan Mitchell, two all-star talents. The Bones Highland thing had a messy ending, you know, w- w- with with their team, where they just gave him away. Who I think is a quality player, but it just didn't work out in Denver. They selected Emmanuel Mudiay over Devin Booker, over you know Miles Turner, the guys in that draft class. They selected Hernan Gomez in the same draft in which they got Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Beasley. In that same draft, they drafted a third player in the first round, Hernan Gomez over the likes of Pascal Siakam, DeJounte Murray, Malcolm Brogdon, and, and you can even throw in Karis LeVert also. But like, they had three first-round picks in that draft, two of them really good. And Murray, you know, a key leader of the finals, you know, run and, and your core. And then Hernan Gomez was just, you know, floating around out there. So you've learned patience. You've learned that, that things are going to pop up and that mistakes are going to be made. I, I you know spread the Presti gospel as much as anyone else. He's made mistakes. He will continue to make mistakes just like we all will in our everyday life. So we've learned patience. Things are going to happen. Going to make mistakes. Progress also, as much as you've bemoaned hearing this, is not linear. Since Jokic stepped on the floor in that 15-16 season, the Nuggets have won 33 games, 40 games, 46 games, 54 games, 46 games, 54 games, 46 games, 47 games, 48 games, 
53 games. Playoffs in the Jokic era. Made the semifinals, made the conference finals, back down to the semifinals, back all the way down to the first round exit, and then they won the championship. So you look at Denver, and right now they are the model franchise. But along the way, to get to this point, you've had draft mistakes. You've had regression in terms of of your progress. It has not been a a smooth staircase to a championship. You went up to the semifinals, went up to the conference finals, then came back to the semifinals and came back to a first-round exit, then leaped up to win the championship. You've had injury issues. And you've had to be patient with this core, with the front office, and with your head coach, who is now regarded as you know, one of the best head coaches in the league, because when you win a championship, that's kind of the, the the place you put yourself into. But he's not far removed from question marks of if the Nuggets should stick by him. Because that's also what happens when you go to the playoffs and you lose a playoff series. Then the questions start to, to arise. You start to overanalyze everything, but they stuck by him. He was the right guy. He was the right message. He was the right leader to get those guys to play at a championship level and sustain it for this long period of time, he was the right guy for that. And they stood by him, and it paid off. They stood by the score, and it paid off. I think oftentimes the mistake is that when you suffer one of those setbacks, like, like for example, losing in the first round, you want to make a dramatic, just rash decision. But patience is going to be the key thing because the Thunder are in a position where we always talk about how you know it's so bright and it can pay off and, and everything else. The Thunder are also in a position to fail. Where like if they fail, it's okay. Because they've afforded themselves that opportunity by compiling these first round picks, by being smart with their contracts. They're in a position where they're so flexible that if they miss on a pick, if they make a bad trade, they're not stuck. You look at Minnesota, they tasted success. And they just sold out and made one of the worst trades in NBA history. And now they're stuck. Do you trade Carlton Towns? You, you can't get out of it. Whereas Oklahoma City is in a position where, let's say they make a bad pick. Let's say they make a bad trade or they take on a bad contract. They have such an abundance of picks that the picks are not just prospects. The picks are currency. And that currency can buy you things to upgrade your team. It can also buy you out of trouble. I, I use the example of Dallas. You know, you wonder why the Thunder want, want multiple first-round picks in every draft. You look at Dallas right now. Dallas would kill to use their first-rounder to get off of a bad contract, but you don't want to do that with the 10th pick. So what if they had the 26th pick in the draft and the 10th pick? Then all of a sudden, you'd keep the 10th pick, get you a player or do whatever you want to do with that with that pick, and then use the 26th pick to, to attach to a bad contract and get out of that bad contract. These are all the, the multi-layer values that, that come with having an abundance of picks, having cap space and everything else. You you buy yourself flexibility both positively and negatively to get yourself out of bad situations, get yourself into great ones. So patience is key. Progression not being linear is key. And all those things that you've been preached at by this organization, by everyone around the organization, came true to life when you watched Denver yesterday hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy which is a place that you hope 
Oklahoma City can get to. So it's just another example of all of these things in action. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have injuries pop up. You're going to have messy situations. And you're going to have setbacks. But you hope at the end of it all, you're able to capture a championship. And so Denver is a a model for what to do, especially in these markets where you're going to build through the draft. You're going to build through savvy trades, savvy acquisitions. You're not going to build through blockbuster free agent signings. Coming up, Keontae George's NBA draft profile and projection. But first, I want to tell you right now, but a good friends over at Prize Picks, folks. Prize Picks is incredible. Uh, it makes watching sports a lot more fun, in my opinion. You can download the app or go to prizepicks.com. So either get the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com and enter code locked on. When you do, you're going to get 100% deposit match up to $100. Uh, and whenever you go there, it's just you versus the projected numbers. So you're not facing off with these savvy uh, fantasy sport experts that are able to uh, dial in and, and, and find the advantages on you where, where you just don't have enough time to invest into fantasy sports. You're just taking what you think is going to happen and seeing if it actually happens. So, for example, the NBA might be over, but they still have a ton of other sports like baseball. So let's take baseball for an example. You can watch your favorite MLB team tomorrow and predict where your favorite here, let's say Salvador Perez, will get more or less than one and a half hits. And if, if he's correct, you know, if you're correct on that, that guess, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You pick two to six players in that same regard. You can even do cross sports. So you could pick an NBA player, you know, an MLB, an MLB player and a WNBA player cross-sport entries, more or less than their projection. Bada-bing, bada-boom, you're winning up to 25 times your money. Uh, and you can predict these things in 60 seconds or less. It's awesome. Check it out today by going to the PrizePix app, prizepix.com, promo code locked on. And whenever you do, you're going to get 100% deposit match up to $100 at PrizePix, prizepix.com, PrizePix app, locked on code, 100% deposit match up to $100. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms, uh, including on YouTube. Every day, as you can expect, NBA Draft Profile. So comment who you want to hear about next today. We've got Keontae George that we're about to dive into, and you can even text the show, 405-963-3686. We're going to have you know, special Q&A sessions and anything else you want to discuss by texting in the show uh, using that text line on subtext. So it's a new campaign that we're starting here at Locked On. Now, Keontae George, uh, an interesting name because I, I think that as we'll see in the in the draft range, you're going to get a kind of a wide range of opinions on Keontae George and where he should be drafted. You've seen some mock drafts that tie him to the Thunder at 12. Uh, he's 6'4". 185. I have not seen a solid wingspan for him yet, like in terms of like a consistent wingspan. Uh, so maybe uh, we'll, we'll have to dive more into that. But he's 19 years old uh, at Baylor University. He has an ability to to score the ball at a high level, 15 points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, three turnovers per game, while shooting 37% from the floor, 33% from three, and 79% at the free throw line. So... His strengths. He's a really good finisher. Like he's a really good finisher who can fight through contact, get around contact, and finish on either side of the basket. 
he creates a ton of space just like Trey Mann. I, I, I think that they both have the same thing where um, they have that creation ability. And, and, and obviously, it's not as though uh, Kathy George was overly efficient, 37% from the floor. Uh, but it's the same kind of method that we talked about with Trey Mann where if you stop it as the ball is being released, he's created the space where you think, good shot, good opportunity, good look. And then sometimes they don't go in. In fact, they only go in 37% of the time uh, from the floor. But that step back, the shimmy shake, hesitation, pull up, his bag is very, very deep of things he can do to get a shot off. He's really commanding in the pick and roll as a ball handler, which you love. Uh, and a, a good ISO score at the college level. I wonder what the ISO scoring level is off at in the NBA. Uh, he does a really good job uh, just finishing and fighting through contact, playing bigger than he is, uh, especially offensively around the rim, but also defensively. Defensively, to put it into Thunder terms, he kind of reminds me of Isaiah Joe, where like Isaiah Joe is the smallest dude in the court every single night, but you wouldn't know it based upon just watching him play because he competes so hard. Keontae George is going to have obvious defensive you know, deficiencies because of his frame and his size, but he's able to fight through screens. He's able to stay connected to your hip, and he's able to just, just play and get in your way. And that's what Isaiah Joe does. Like You don't want Isaiah Joe to be this point-of-attack guy on, on their best score, but he's able to stay on the floor and not be played off the floor because he can just stay connected to you and he can just kind of be around on defense. So some weaknesses for Keontae George. I didn't love the turnovers at, at Baylor. I thought that a lot of them were bad and like just low quality turnovers where just, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? What, what were you even trying to do? Like some turnovers you can see, Oh, that was the thought, you know, the thought process here was, was to create an advantage or, or, or oh, that's just kind of bad luck where, where this guy made an incredible play. You, you can see and explain some turnovers easier than others. He had a lot of unexplainable turnovers, in my opinion. I think that in the NBA, while he was able to stay on the floor in college, I wonder if, if as he gets picked on the, at the NBA level, if you can play him off the floor. So I wonder if you can close important games with him, which, you know, hopefully, although, you know, again, with the 10th pick, this is not going to be the same thought process, but, but just in general, you would build a team where you wouldn't rely on Keontae George to have to be on the floor at the end of games. Um, but, I do wonder if he can stay on the floor once you you bump it up to the NBA. Does his scoring drop off as you play NBA defenses? Would be another big question mark for me. It's obviously going to get harder to score, and he obviously was not efficient scoring the ball in college. I will say, in college, you, you have a lack of spacing. The floor is just, just so shrunkated that it's just it's sometimes hard to operate. But as you face off against better competition, that somewhat limits your ISO ability then where do you leave yourself with a guy who has clear defensive deficiencies? And for me, the fact that he doesn't really have that much of a mid-range game, it's really you know, these threes or step-back threes or the rim, that's a bit of a concern. And so when you look at, at synergy, when you look at um, what he brings to the table, I, I see the appeal for him at, in certain areas, but there's a lot of red flags. So just overall offense, according to Synergy, is 49, 49th percentile for him in overall offense. 58th percentile in half-court offense. Here's, here's one red flag for the Thunder specifically. 18th percentile in transition offense. 56th percentile in spot-up shooting. 
66th percentile as a pick and roll ball handler, really good. 58th percentile off screens, 63rd percentile in isolation. Uh, he only cut at Baylor three times, according to Synergy. Uh, but, you know, maybe he can do that because he's so good at run finishing. He can kind of add that to his game at the NBA level, but he is small. So uh, that might ha- you know, hinder some things. On catch and shoot jumpers, he shot nearly 33% on catch and shoot jumpers, shot 46% on overall jumpers, uh, 33% on dribble jumpers, and then on unguarded catch and shoot, when you just leave him alone, he shot 47%. So that could lead to some better gravity in the NBA. Uh, 47% on unguarded catch and shoots plus uh, shooting 52% at the rim. You would like to see that rim rim numbers improve, but I don't think that that's a lack of rim talent as much as the predictability and the, and the kind of anchoring of college defenses, where if you know, this guy's going to drive, you can just kind of camp out there near the rim and, and suffocate him as he's at the rim where you get more space to maneuver in the NBA. I think that you're going to see those percentages go up at the rim for Keontae George in the NBA. Uh, but he did shoot only 51% on layups. Uh, defensively, you switch the page, though. And for the, the lack of a frame, he was 91st percentile in overall defense, uh, but 51st percentile in ISO defense, 94th percentile defending the pick and roll, and 83rd percentile in defending spot-up jumpers. So that's what you're looking at with Keontae George, according to Synergy and just my thoughts on him coming up. Where is he going to be available? Where are the mock drafts at for Keontae George? What's his ceiling? What's his floor? And how does he fit with the Oklahoma City Thunder? That's all coming up. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking thunder basketball availability. These are the mock draft updated uh, for County George. The ringer has him at 11 ESPN at 15, the athletic at 18 bleacher report at 11 CBS at eight sports illustrated at 11 draft net at 14 tankathon at 13. I have him at 21 on my big board. Mavs draft has him at 20 on his big board. For me, the ceiling and floor, like, like Kathy George's ceiling is this incredible bucket getter that isn't an above average defender due to his frame. I think that that's going to hold him back in the NBA, but is all right defensively to where he's playable, but he's just this incredible score and just can fill it up and, and really is in charge of, of the guy you pass the baton to in your second unit saying, Hey, we have, we have a 10 point lead after the starters come out, maintain it or grow it with your scoring ability. And, and he's able to get the job done. The floor for him, I think, is a guy at the end of the bench that, like, he can give you a spark. Like, let's just say you, you we, we've been there. Like, we just went through a whole season. You've seen games where the team doesn't have it and no one's scoring the ball and it's just a muddy mess of a game. And you go, all right, let's go down to the 10th man on the bench and see if Keontae George can just get hot and, 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 and score three straight buckets and, and reinvigorate the club for the night. I think that that's his floor in the NBA. Sounds a lot like Trey Mann, where I think that would be like my NBA comp for him uh, in this draft. His future role with the Thunder, if they were to draft him, I, I think, again, the future would be he's a key scorer. And like he like he is the guy that takes pressure off of the rest of the team in the sense of right now, you feel like you need to play Giddy and, and Shea staggered and like make sure one of them's on the floor to help that second unit get by 
uh, and, and of course, Jada as well gets staggered in there as well. Like you feel like you need to have somebody of those three on the floor at all times. This allows you to maybe collectively give them a breather in certain spots to then close the game longer or like get them back in the game sooner in the fourth quarter, maybe like a, a key score in the second unit, I think would be his future role, a rotational fit, you know, seventh or eighth man. I, I do want to stress that. I think that Mark will continue to play 10 to 12 guys every night, even next year um, in the regular season. So that's important as you, as you go through the draft process, but you know, seventh or eighth man would be the rotational fit in terms of roster impact. To me, the roster impact would be that Trey Mann is just, they've given up on Trey Mann. And, and, I, and I don't say that as in like they cut him tomorrow if they were to draft him next Thursday. But if you spend the 12th overall pick on Keontae George, you are then waving the white flag and signaling, hey, we're hoping that he can be what we thought Trey Mann would be. And maybe he can, but that's part of why I don't see this being the pick for OKC. But if you just believe that this core needs Trey Mann's ceiling and you want to give a different opportunity and, and, and see if he can be the Trey Mann, the vision you had for Trey Mann whenever you drafted him the first round a couple of years ago, maybe you that's why you draft him. Why you shouldn't draft him is I think that there's more value on the board at 12. And I think that you might as well. I, I think that both of these guys, Kanthe George and Trey Mann, have the same percentage chance to work out uh, in their ideal ceilings that you might as well just stick with Trey Mann for another year, draft a different player at 12 who, who has, in my opinion, more of a value. I obviously, uh, right or wrong, have have Kanthe George 21 on my big board. And I don't think he's the best pick at 12. So you just would be sticking with Trey Mann on why you shouldn't draft Kanthe George. But I, I think that Kanthe George is one of these players who uh, are very you know, people are very split on. They're very split on, on what he brings. You, you can see people who think the world of him and think that he is going to be this incredible player because he dealt with some injuries at Baylor. He had kind of a, a wacky situation with the Bears. Um, but you also have people who kind of undersell him. I, I can't get past the frame. Um, I like his his motor and his fight. If he had that same motor, heart, fight, everything defensively at a bigger size, I would really be intrigued because at that point, I really trust this Thunder team to um, A, play good enough team basketball defensively where it raises – you know, the, the, the sinking tide, what is it called? The sinking tide raises all ships or whatever rising tide, I guess not sinking tide, whatever. I trust the tide to bring him up on this team, but also uh, if he had a bigger frame and he had his, his heart, he'd be playing heck of basketball by himself defensively. Uh, plus that scoring ability. So it's just the frame thing for me. And the fact that in the NBA and, and, and on a night in night out basis, the only thing I could really hope for is that he'd be a routine bucket getter which the Thunder need help scoring the basketball, I think. But at 6-4, it's kind of limiting to me. And again, at 12, I would just much rather go with the other value that you see on the board than Keontae George. But I know that Keontae George has a lot of fans, um, and, I, and I think that you're, you're wonderful for being a fan of him, and, and he could be a fantastic player, and I'm always going to root for the players to succeed. But I just don't know if it's the right fit for either side in this marriage between Keontae George and Oklahoma City. But we'll see on draft night, which is a couple of days away now. Thursday, not not tomorrow, but next Thursday, is the NBA draft. So we're going to be getting ready for that. Drop below what NBA draft profiles you want to hear next on the Locked on Thunder podcast. You can always chime in on the YouTube comments or on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.